As one of America's largest financial services companies, Nationwide makes simplicity a priority so financial professionals can help their clients achieve their retirement goals. Nationwide Investment Services Corporation, member FINRA, Columbus, Ohio. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. The Biden administration appearing to declare victory on inflation. We have seen some turnaround in sentiment in recent months. Um, the University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Index has moved up quite a lot. Um, inflation is now near term um, at close to the lowest levels we've seen in that survey. So I think Americans do believe inflation's under control. Secretary Yellen making the case for a soft landing as fourth quarter GDP tops estimates and inflation continues to cool. I'm pleased to say, joining us on this program exclusively, the U.S. Deputy Treasury Secretary Wally Adeyemo. Deputy Treasury Secretary, wonderful to catch up with you again, sir, and to have a longer conversation about the U.S. economy. Was that a declaration of victory on inflation yesterday? So I was listening to the show before I came on and you talked about all the people who have changed their mind. The truth is Secretary Yellen's been consistent. If you go back a year ago, she made very clear that we could grow the economy, bring down inflation, and keep a tight labor market, and that's exactly what we're doing. What she was saying yesterday was that we have seen progress made in terms of making sure that the middle class has more money to spend at the end of the month because gas prices are down $1.90. We know that there's more that we need to do in terms of trying to make sure that we put more pocket in the, more money in the pockets of the middle class in America, and that that's exactly what the president and secretary committed to doing. We, we're, we're not declaring victory, rather. We're saying we've made progress, and we can, we're going to continue to make that progress going forward. Deputy Secretary, why do you think there is such a huge gap between the sentiment and the economic indicators that seem to be making a, a really positive case for the economy? I think the most important thing we have to continue to remember, and I just came back from a trip literally around the world, is that people are still impacted by the pandemic and the ways that it impacted their lives. But the thing we have going for us in the United States is that because of the work that our businesses have done, the American people have done, we're better positioned as an economy to deal with that. You think about the investments we made in things like the advanced child tax credit, which gave the American families uh, tax relief in the midst of the pandemic, and the relief that we gave to small businesses. And today we've seen 16 million applications for new small businesses in America. We're seeing progress, but what I know that has happened to the American people, but people around the world, is that the pandemic had an impact that has, um, in lots of ways, still continuing. But our economy is better positioned today than any economy of a major, a major country around the world because of the decisions and choices the president and the secretary have made. And our goal is to make sure that we continue from that position of strength to invest in the American economy. Deputy Secretary, you're talking about getting more dollars in people's pockets, and we heard Janet Yellen, uh, Treasury Secretary, uh, yesterday talk talking about the potential for prolonging some of the tax cuts for people making less than $400,000 a year. How concerned are you that getting additional dollars in people's pockets will just fuel another round of inflation, which really gave people a lot of the negativity to start with? 
I think the most important thing that we should look at is one of the, the biggest drivers of the inflationary pressures we saw in our economy was on the supply side. Supply chains were snarled, and you've seen a huge decrease in supply chain challenges in the economy. Uh, energy is a great place to start. Just look at what we've seen in terms of the $1.90 reduction in the cost of gas. But throughout our supply chains, we've seen them improve to put us in a better position to meet the demand in the economy. And it's important to remember what the Secretary said. For the middle class, we're not going to increase their taxes. We're going to look for ways to provide relief to families. But we're also going to look to modestly increase taxes on the wealthy, on large corporations, because the Secretary and the President believe that over the medium term, we need to make sure that we have a fiscally sustainable outlook, which is very different than the last administration. Well, you just got back from Japan, and I understand that CFIUS is still under review for Japan's takeover of U.S. Steel. We have the Prime Minister of Japan joining U.S for a state dinner upcoming in April. Will we get a decision on this soon? So as you know, uh, we don't talk about any CFIUS cases if they exist or if they don't um, publicly. Uh, it's, a private, it's a private matter if there's a CFIUS case. What I can say is that CFIUS is a process that's been set up to look at national security risk and make sure that um, we in the United States, as we support foreign direct investment in the United States, we're also very mindful of the national security risk that some foreign direct investment um, presents, uh, stepping away from the, a specific case, one of the things that we believe deeply in is the importance of a, a strong U.S. steel industry. That's why we've made investments like the Inflation Reduction Act and the investments that we've made in rebuilding our infrastructure. And ultimately what we want to see is more uh, companies like U.S. Steel in the United States that have union, union workers that are paid a good living wage, and that's exactly why we're making the investments we're making in the U.S. economy today. But I'm looking at your readout, and it says the Deputy Secretary thanked his government counterparts for Japan's leadership. How is this a national security concern when it's one of the United States' strongest allies in the Asia-Pacific? So as I said, I'm not able to talk about um, whether there is a case or isn't there a case when it comes to CFIUS. The CFIUS process is one that we'll work through and take some time, and I expect that any CFIUS case that comes through will be treated in a manner that's consistent with the law. And ultimately, Congress passed the law that gave CFIUS certain authorities, and we plan to do our jobs in terms of reviewing the national security risk of any transaction that comes before CFIUS. One of the policies you were discussing, of course, in Japan was the future of what is going going on with Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Where are you in the status of talks with your partners about Russia's assets? Do you see a legal path forward to, with Russia's stranded assets to give them to Ukraine? Samri, as you mentioned, one of the topics of conversation amongst the G7 and our coalition more broadly is how we make sure that Russia compensates Ukraine for the damage they've done to their economy. Our leaders at the beginning of the war immobilized Russia's sovereign assets that were held in our countries so Putin couldn't use them to fund his illegal war. Now they've said very clearly that Putin is not getting back those assets until he pays for the damage that's been done in Ukraine. And they've asked us, uh, experts amongst the G7, to think about what we can do to try and compensate the Ukrainians for the damage that's been done. In Europe, they're talking about things like windfall profit taxes. We're debating a number of other ideas, with the idea being that ultimately we need to make sure that Russia is the one that pays to help rebuild Ukraine in order to make sure they have a thriving economy as well as a thriving democracy. Deputy Secretary, appreciate your time this morning. I just wanted to squeeze in one further question, actually about trade. The former president is on the campaign trail, talking about the potential of a blanket 10% tariffs on imports into the United States. This administration has maintained tariffs on China from the previous administration. What is your position on that now? 
So I think that a blanket 10% tariff that isn't uh, well targeted would um, hurt the American people. And what we've done instead of looking to simply do blanket tariffs is try to work with our allies and partners to hold China accountable for the things that they are doing that violate trade rules going forward. Because ultimately what we know is that the best way to make sure that China lives by the rules of the road that we've all set is by doing that with our allies and partners rather than taking a go it alone approach. And that's exactly what the president's going to continue to do. Do you think that U.S. car manufacturers can compete with Chinese automakers without those tariffs? I think the U.S. car manufacturers can compete with anyone in the world if they're playing on a level playing field. And the problem today for them is that in China, there are subsidies that are being given to not only car companies, but throughout the ecosystem that are making it possible to produce cars that are loss leaders. And ultimately, the reason that in the United States, but also in Europe, people are concerned about Chinese vehicles flooding the market is because they're being produced in ways that violate basic trade rules. And it's why we're looking at, all, at our options here. But I know that Europe is also looking at their options to ensure that we don't end up in a place where Chinese overcapacity floods our markets. What do those options look like, sir? Well, I'm not going to get, get into them with you here, um, but we're having serious conversations with our allies and partners to ensure that we're in a position to make sure that our companies are able to compete on a level playing field. That's why we do those interviews, Wally. We try and make it happen. Wally, appreciate your time. Wally Adiyama there, the U.S. Deputy Treasury Secretary. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.